You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's now time for our main event. Take a trip back in time to the golden era of the wrestling world with your host, Chris Tetrold Blaine. Welcome to Once Upon a Turnbuckle. Welcome back to another very special episode of Once Upon a Turnbuckle, and it's time to take another peek behind the carnage, this great spotlight series that I've got going on at the minute, getting to know the guys who are part of the new, I like to call it the new superpower in British wrestling that's come about, pro wrestling carnage. And I'm I'm thrilled to welcome one half of the first ever pro wrestling carnage tag team champions, the disavowed. Welcome to the show, Chris Bevan. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me. That's all right. That's all right. No, thanks for thanks for coming along. I'm I'm really having a blast learning more about this myself. It's great to um I I've said it before when I sort of became first aware of Pro Wrestling Carnage. It seemed like such an exciting new promotion, doing some you know great things already. So you know we'll we'll get into that further down, you know, as we go on to sort of your experience with them, how involved things that you're doing at the moment. Um, I guess the the best way I like to start these things off is just wind it right back in terms of your relationship with wrestling itself. Um, when did you first discover it yourself, sort of as a fan? Were you a fan before you got in the ring? Yes, um, I was a fan from a very young age. Um, my first ever like vivid memory of wrestling is is probably a lot further back than a lot of people right. Like, but um, I I remember Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior WrestleMania, yeah. so that's okay. probably my first proper proper memory of it. And then cool. obviously, like most people my age, we I got into it during the Attitude Era a lot more. Uh, became a much bigger fan in that uh, sure. around that time, sure. and um, yeah, and then I kind I kind of went off it for a few years around the uh, PG era when all that came in. Uh, same same here. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I mean, I yeah. thought I was yeah, a bit an anomaly. But... I'd say a good three to four years. I was okay. never really regularly watching it, and then all of a sudden, it just I just fancied watching it again. I put it on, and yeah, here I am again, stuck go. into it again. It never leaves you, you know. I've, I I have been told that, especially the guys who are who are involved in it. They kind of step away, do other things, and it's always there for yeah. you to kind of go yeah, back no. to even as a fan so um so yeah I, like many others in the attitude era a big impact when you were growing up uh, was there any like earliest memories of that that you remember which really which was responsible for for sort of hooking you in or was there someone you know what was it that you related to the most um i was a huge fan of too cool okay uh, cool which is you don't get many huge fans of Too Cool, no, but you don't. I was a big, I was a big mark for Too Cool. Um, the Hardy Boys, of course. Yeah. Uh, Extreme Elite, uh, Dudleys. I was, I love tag team wrestling, which is ironic because when I got into, like, became a wrestler, I was never really interested in becoming a tag team wrestler. Right. But yeah, as a fan, I, I do love tag team wrestling, and mm. um, of course, Stone Cold, obviously. Yeah. Um, all of those guys. But yeah, I just around that time, uh, I found. The storylines to be a little bit more. I don't want to say realistic because it's wrestling. <laughs> at the end, of yeah, the day. I know. Yeah, it's, sort of a bit more reality based. Yeah, I suppose yeah. they had some real out there ones, but yeah, I know exactly. what you mean. Yeah, and um, yeah, I got into um, original ECW as well around that time. Okay, cool. Um, so I was a big, big fan of ECW, and obviously they were a little bit different to what WWF at the time <laughs> were doing. So, yes. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say I was I was big into the tag teams around that time. Okay, that's that's interesting because as we come up more up today, obviously you know you are a tag team champion 
now. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, we'll get into it now. Your view on tag team wrestling, where it is now, sort of as a performer and as a fan, do you feel it is, it's, it's more popular or, or, you know, better presented nowadays than it has been for sort of, you know, 10, 15 years or so? Um, I would say it went through a patch of no one really caring about mm. it. But I, th- I think everyone can say that. Yeah. Um, I'd say, yeah, in the last, say, five years, it started to slowly creep back into being more um, more popular, if you will. Mm. Um, so saying like the, the 90s, early 80s, obviously, tag team wrestling was huge, especially in, in the Southern Territories. Mm. Um, some of the tag teams back then were as bigger stars as you know the your single stars so yeah i don't think it will ever get back to that state but it slowly is starting to come back around and i've noticed as well like being in the business a lot of guys that are coming up are actually wanting to be a tag team wrestler which you never okay. got but you know before it would just be if you're in a tag team it's just because you were thrown together by promoter you know that's it and i think that's where i really um lost faith in it almost is i was really used to, i grew up with you know tag teams like Arn and Tully and the Rockers and Demolition and that, and they were proper teams. They fit together. They were a team and it was odd to see them apart. And some of the tag team champions you could reel off during the era that I kind of fell out of it. I mean, they were just singles guys just thrown together. Um, You didn't really have that chemistry. I mean, your experience of tag team wrestling, is it, have you had that chemistry with someone that you you could relate back to the old days like that? Um, This is, I mean, if, if I'm completely honest, this is the first time I've ever proper, properly worked as a tag team, okay. uh, as a wrestler. I mean, I've, I have done shows as a tag before, but it was never a, a permanent thing. You know, it was, mm. like I said, a promoter just throwing two guys together, you know. Yeah. So I, I've done a few tags in that sense, but never in the sense of actually sitting down, coming up with a name, you know, actually trying to create chemistry as you said you know so this is the first time for me so it's quite new for me at the moment but i am really enjoying it cool 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 so let's let's go on to your journey then from a fan to in the ring when did you decide you wanted to get in the ring and how did you go about that so what was your early um transition like well i first wanted to be a wrestler when i was about 13 14 years old probably like most people my age around the attitude era, yeah. you know, out in the backyards on the trampolines, all that kind of stuff. I always um, wanted the trampoline for that reason. I never had one. Yeah, mattresses. <laughs> yeah, I when I was about, I think I was 15, I created a, a video. So obviously Jackass was big at the time. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of melded them together. And I, I remember I made a video of me. It was literally just a montage of me jumping off high places. Okay, <laughs> in, cool. In, 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 and my big plan at the time was obviously I was so naive I had no idea how to do it but my big plan was to film myself jumping off all these highest places and then just send it to the WWF <laughs> that was my plan you know probably right. what was responsible for that I don't know Mick Foley, Foley that's sort of they did a, they did a whole feature of him didn't they around 97 98 exactly. on that yeah yeah and because they showed that I was like that must be a way to become exactly. a wrestler so obviously <laughs> So I, uh, I filmed it, uh, jumped off some high places, hurt myself a lot. This is probably why my knees are so buggered now. Right. Uh, and uh, I never ended up sending it, but that was my plan. Um, right. Told my parents, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure most parents wouldn't want their 15-year-old son to come in to say, oh, my career, I want to be a professional wrestler. Yeah. You know, obviously they laughed, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and then I forgot about it for about 15 years. And I didn't actually enter the business as a wrestler until I was 29, 30. So I started, yeah. So I started a lot later than most people. That's cool. That's quite encouraging. I mean, I, I, it was always a childhood dream of mine. I think I am past that now. Um, But past a certain point when I was like 18 or whatever, I decided I've missed my chance. That was the chance that I was on the verge of actually going to a training school or whatever. And then I backed out and I was like, that's it. I can't, I can't do it now. I'm too old. So the fact that actually, yeah, you, 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 moved into it that age that's really encouraging so definitely i mean i would never say that you can be too too old um obviously if you're 70 there might be a few <laughs> issues but um i would never say you're too old around you know in anywhere between 
under 45 50 i mean i know people that have gotten into it at 45 years old you know so really? yeah. um and the thing that made uh convince me to do it because obviously i i same as you i was like oh, am i too old to do it am mm. i just being an idiot shall i not bother I, you know i can hurt myself i don't need that when i'm 30 years old yeah. <laughs> and um i went straight to thinking about batista like he didn't start wrestling until he was 28 30 years okay. old um ddp he didn't get into the ring until he was 35 yeah i kept thinking about that actually i didn't know that at the time yeah. when i was growing up i mean that's quite impressive to see what he's done so um yeah I, t- I took that and i thought well you know if those guys can do it then i'm going to give it a try and well here i am so where did you where was how did you move into the training where did you go you know how did you find you know a place to start you off <clears throat> well i started off at a place in portal that is called royal imperial wrestling uh r-a-w known as mm-hmm. um due to various different things happening that i had nothing to do with so i won't get into uh the head coach uh left and created his own school called all style pro wrestling academy mm-hmm. in swansea uh so i went with him uh with a few others and then um yeah i've trained there for about two two and a half years right. nearly three i think um yeah and then i moved on from there and created my own my own thing cool and we'll get into yeah, that a quick way of putting it but yeah yeah so let's just let's just sort of discuss in between that then your um your career so far as a, as a performer yourself so do you have any early memories of, of the, either the first match that you had or those those first matches how did they go any particular memories yeah. yes uh, my first match was in 2018 Ooh, that's weird saying that <laughs> um three, yeah three years ago obviously everyone keeps forgetting we had a year off that's true so, yeah yeah um yeah my first match was in october 2018 it was against a fellow trainee or ex-trainee of mine called tom ferriman um we were both pretty green i was my first match i think it was his like second match maybe right. um so yeah it was it was very nerve-wracking uh the big advantage we had is because we trained at the same school we had a lot of time to go through what we wanted to do. Uh, I don't want to say rehearse because that sounds no. like it's a play, but yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. no better word for it, is there? But it, it, everyone can relate to that. I suppose, yeah, totally with you. It's yeah, it's a lot more. Than so, that. Uh, but it went really well. It was it was a good match. Um, I can't remember anything going wrong. Obviously, I was greener than Kermit the Frog at the time so <laughs> you know I wasn't I wasn't very uh, confident in front of a crowd yeah. and my ear was bad all that you know but I think it's kind of a rite of passage if it's your first match you kind of got to go through that you've got to yeah. pay your dues in a way yeah. to do that so uh, but yeah it was a great match I loved it um, yeah. uh, as soon as I came back through the curtain I wanted to go straight back out again so that was a good yeah. sign I think. that's a good sign for you yeah yeah did you did you have um, in those early days did you have people sort of giving you pointers you know sort of constructive criticism or straight off the bat was it just you know yeah 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 um i don't i don't think anyone even even at a level of say you know working being in the business 10 years can i don't think anyone should stop learning i think everyone should always take some kind of criticism whether it be constructive or positive or negative whatever Mm. but um yeah I'd, i'd never I'd never stand there and say, I don't need someone's advice. And I don't think any any wrestler should do that no. because you can always learn. There's always someone or something to learn. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, but the good thing about uh, Exist Pro, who I was working for at the time, uh, we had we always had outside talent coming through, working different matches. So we'd always have, you know, uh, a lot more experienced guys helping us out, giving yeah. us pointers, giving us advice, that kind of thing. Cool. Cool. Have you been able to work um, either in the ring with or sort of in the same events as, you know, any big names? Um, that you yeah, we had, well, we had Eddie Dennis, um, I think it was 2019, possibly, yeah. uh, from NXT UK, of course. Yeah. Uh, we, we, did, we actually did a seminar with him before the show, uh, so a little training seminar. That was very good, so we got to train with him. That's cool. um, he, he was in a rumble, so we got to work with him a little bit. Um, I've worked with Kelly Six, uh, Scotty okay. Essex, yeah. Lion Kid. Yeah, a L- lot of good, good, good names that you find on the UK scene. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's always it's always fun to to uh, meet these people who you see, you know, on yeah on bigger shows, and you think, oh God, I'm actually <laughs> going to be working with them, you know. So it's a bit of a 
Bit of a wake-up call. I think that I've said this before as well. I think the where the industry has gone, particularly in, in the UK, um, compared to where it was, I don't know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, there's there's so many, it seems like there's so much, um, so many more opportunities to sort oh, yeah. of grab that brass ring, as they call it. Um, NXT UK, obviously, at the top, but there's so many promotions that have popped up. Um, have you found that, obviously, I, I wasn't aware of, how big the the Welsh wrestling scene was until quite recently. To be fair, have you witnessed that since you've been doing it? Is it is it grown within that time, or was it fairly established when you got into it? Yeah, it was. I would say it was a good three quarters of the way established when I'd gotten into it. I mean, obviously, as you said, there's NXT UK at the top there, but you know, you got Progress, you got many other top tier promotions in mm. the UK, which. I'll be completely honest, until I actually got into the business, I wasn't fully aware of a lot of them because my my experience with watching wrestling in the UK came from, as you said, 20 years ago when there basically wasn't a scene. You know, it was was the stuff you'd get at holiday camps. Yeah, (laughs) which pretty much made fun of it anyway a lot of the time. Yeah, it was was like rip-offs of like, it was like the Undertaker and, (laughs) and Kane with... Yeah, but spelled with a C or something, you know, sort yeah. of little things like that. And yeah. which, you know, I, I'm not knocking that. There's nothing wrong with that type of wrestling. Like, there's a huge company in Wales called Welsh Wrestling, who they're on. They're doing hundreds of shows a year, you know, and they're making yeah. their living doing that, traveling across different holiday parks and different things like that. Yeah. And more power to them. They, they're a great company, and um, yeah, it's the, the guys on those shows make a good living doing that. Yeah, um, it's, it's just a different style of wrestling. That's all it is. So I, I'll never look down on anything like that. I, I think I spoke to um, Jack Morris from ICW a little while ago, and I think he had yeah. done some of those circuits. And you know, he was mixing that in with ICW yeah, yeah. and whatever he was doing. So, you know, it's it's still wrestling. It's just it's appealing to a, maybe a wider market. I mean, you're appealing to the the, the young family market, yeah. aren't you, with those? But you know, it's probably those that create the new fans as well. You know, back in my day, it was very much what was on TV and that was it. But you can actually go out there and experience it in person a lot more over here now. Yeah, that's what I think a lot of people need to... Um, some, I know some people that take it for granted. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll, they don't realise, like, back in the early 2000s, we had nothing in the UK to go no. watch except those circuits, as you mentioned, you know, those mm. travelling camp shows so yeah um yeah like now you've got so much wrestling to choose from it's unbelievable yeah. you, you could literally travel the uk and see a wrestling show every night of the week before yeah. covid more so but yeah it's start, slowly starting to come back to that now obviously yeah. with covid stopped it a bit but before covid happened yeah you could literally travel around the uk and see a wrestling show every night of the week if you wanted to yeah, yeah there's always something going on what was the biggest challenge for you having obviously like you say you're only properly started in the ring three years ago and then you had that year off just really as you were probably getting started what was the main challenge for you then trying to pick that up again when or were you performing during lockdown in one of these sort of you know closed door shows or something so i didn't i didn't do any um shows or like tape shows as they were during Mm -hmm. covid um well not so much because of because i wasn't booked i mean i wasn't but i I don't think i would have chosen to anyway um i would have taken them i think i me choose my words carefully here i don't want to like not look down on anyone that did choose to do it that's their prerogative but i personally would have chosen not to do it because i think we all had a responsibility to try and beat this thing you know yeah yeah ruin the world but um yeah I, i think i was on i was on a show down in devon uh, for DWA, literally like four days before the main, first lockdown happened. Okay. Um, and I don't think there was there was obviously talk of it. There was r- rumors, and we were all like, "Ah, oh, don't worry, it'll never happen. We'll be wrestling again in four months." And then you said, "Well, you everyone knows what happened." So yeah, yeah, a little bit longer. We never. We, I don't think any of us thought the the first lockdown was gonna um, signal the end of life like it did. Really. Uh, really? Yeah. Because yeah. uh, like what? after the first lockdown. Obviously, everything shut down. We stopped training. We stopped doing everything. Mm. And then we had that little bit of time just before Christmas where they opened everything up again. So we 
we were like, oh, now we can train again. And then literally two weeks later, it was like, it's bam, stop. Yeah. It's it was like, like you get going and then you stop. get going and then you stop. Yeah. Really yeah. So, well, so you, you obviously did you, you had to keep training yourself, keep yourself in shape during that point, or did, did you give in to lockdown like the rest of us? Um, yeah. There was a little bit of uh, lockdown belly going on, <laughs> which I think I still have actually. Um, but, I think it's a new trend in the wrestling scene now. You can all get away with yes. it for a bit now. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was It was a bit difficult. I mean, obviously, the biggest thing for me with the gyms being closed, I mean, apart from the physical working outside of it, which obviously I, I like to do, but it was a, the mentality, the mental health part of it. Yeah. Um, the gym is a, is a huge part of a lot of people's escapism for, through mental health. And when they took that away, I think that hit a lot of people hard, a lot harder than they thought they was going to be hit. Mm. And um, when they reopened the gyms, it was, it was amazing. It, it yeah. felt like three Christmases in one. <laughs> but, yeah. It's, it's, it's very hard to work out at home. I mean, obviously it's possible, but you know, it's, it's a little bit harder to get motivated to work out when your couch is right next to you and you can just watch the TV. Yeah. And, and eat pizza and whatever you want you know? yeah i i'm i'm not a gym goer i i used to be a lot better i mean before kids came along and i just cannot seem to get into a routine going to the gym now um but i found during lockdown we me and my wife we had a plan that we were going to do we signed up to les mills because we loved body combat and we'd done that years ago so we were going to do that every day or five days a week we paid for a year subscription and we started with the best of intentions and then it just became like I just can't get motivated. Like you say, in your house, you know, we would have to do it in our kitchen when it's just like, you know what, I don't feel like it today. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yes. Yeah. So, uh, but just going back to, you, you mentioned just before lockdown, you were working in Devon. Do you remember whereabouts that was? Because I'm, I'm down, down in Devon. Oh, so it's interesting. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I've, I've been down there a couple of times for a couple of promotions. Uh, one is Devon Wrestling Association mm-hmm. um, and People's Republic of Wrestling. That was uh, in Red Ruth. You know, oh okay yeah yeah down the depths of that, was cool. that was actually before my debut we went down uh me and a couple of trainees and my old head coach we went down um just to show a face you know help out yeah. i ended up filming the event two of my friends uh ended up getting on the show in a rumble so it's always oh, okay. worth you know, it's always worth turning up to these places to help out with your gear because you never know when you're going to get asked to go on you know so. uh. Uh, the, the 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 rumble i I, f- I get a feeling is one of the best ways for new guys to break in because Absolutely. there's so many i've spoken to and that's that's sort of been their first experience yeah. would you would you say would you agree with that 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 is that is one of the best ways to kind of just just sort of cut your teeth as it were get a feel for being in the ring even though yeah you know, not definitely. I mean, it's, a, it's a situation where you you don't have to be so pressured because there's so many other guys in there with you so not all of the focus is on you mm. so if one were to mess up, it's not too big of a deal. You know, you're not going to be in a rumble doing, you know, minute and a half spots or no. like things like faster, like Osprey style things, you know, it's, yeah. it's all going to be <laughs> very basic strikes and very basic moves. Um, and plus the good thing as well is most of the time you're going to be in there with a lot more experienced people. Yeah. So you're going to be looked after basically. So yeah. yeah, that's probably one of the best ways to break into it because yeah, you don't have to worry about it too much about, you know, no. the, as I said, the focus being on you. So, yeah, I would say either a rumble or like a multi-man tag match is, yeah. is a good way to cut your teeth. Well, cool. So let's just just quickly then talk about Chris Bevan in the ring. Who are Who is Chris Bevan in the ring? What's your persona for anyone who, who hasn't sort of seen you in the ring? It's a bit of an issue I have because I don't think I have one. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you are just you. It's just me turned up to like twenty. Okay. Uh, it's, it's basically it's it's me. So I wrestle as Bevan the Bastard Son. Um, I love that. And <laughs> it's, kind of just, it's it's kind of an excuse for me to do violent things that I'm not allowed to do in the real world. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So ob- obviously not for real but yeah yeah, yeah. I, I get to control to, to do it to people that i'm not allowed to do in the real world so it's, <laughs> it's kind of me like letting out all of my anger letting out all of my frustration and um because I'm, I'm quite a chill person in real life i think i'm getting, uh, that, I, I, I'm getting I, that vibe actually yeah yeah so. I, I, I can be a little bit hot-headed sometimes but i'd say 99 of the time i'm quite chilled out 
but in the ring is where I can completely flip that yeah. and I can be the angry, violent, horrible bastard that I am in the ring, you know, so, and uh, I kind of enjoy it, so. Oh, there you go, you've got to enjoy what you're doing and, and I think everyone is, is probably glad to hear that you're not, Yeah, it's not just you outside the <laughs> ring as well. Yeah, yeah. when I'm out of the ring, I'm, I'm, I'm a teddy bear, really. <laughs> So um, let's talk as well about specifically, obviously, because this is part of the Behind the Carnage sort of spotlight series. So your experience so far with Pro Wrestling Carnage, um, sort of how did you get involved with them and sort of your take on their first event where you you became one half of the, the first ever tag team champion? So, yeah, just sort of what's your experience been like with them so far? Um, I knew a lot of the guys that run and help out at Carnage from previous uh, shows and stuff. Uh, the place I mentioned earlier, RAW, where I first originally started training, uh, I know a couple of guys from there. They've obviously since left there. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I, I knew them all anyway, so it wasn't as if we were strangers. Mm. Um, and then I saw that they were, they'd started Carnage and it looked really good from where I was standing, you know, obviously it was over lockdown where they announced it. So obviously there was the, it was up in the air of when the first show was going to be, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, but when they actually announced the show and it, and it looked great and they had a venue and I was out oh, this, I was really happy for them. You know, this is, mm. this is going to look good. Um, and then some of the guys started coming to my training facility, uh, No Mercy Wrestling. And yeah, we just got talking and they were like, do you fancy, fancy being on the show? I was like, okay, let's do it. Cool. And uh, yeah. And then, Certain things happened with um, Bishop, my tag partner, and his old tag partner, um, Fletcher Law. He he couldn't make it anymore, so I stepped in as a replacement, and yeah, and then we got the, we won the title. So there you go. Yeah, it's just how things fall into place sometimes. You know, if one door yeah. closes, the door opens. That kind of thing. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, I I know you. You know, it's 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 a little way. I mean, we're probably about a month or so still before the next big event that Carnage have got. Um, have you got sort of any inkling as to, um, you know, what you guys will be doing or, or who you would in an ideal world like to work with? Who's on the roster at the moment? Um, I'm not sure exactly who we are, who we've got for the next couple of shows. I mean, that's obviously up to the powers that be at Carnage. Yes. Uh, I know that we don't care who it is. You know, <laughs> we love working with anyone. So, uh, well, we like beating anyone up. That's pretty <laughs> but, uh, who, as regards to who I'd like to work with, I'd love to work with High and Mighty, um, Martin and Mark. They're apart from being great guys, they're really experienced. They've been around the game for a long time. They're, they're just so easy to work with. You know, I mean, they, yeah. they, if you if you th- if you put easy to work with in the dictionary, their faces would be there. You know, they're just really really cool, and uh, good guys to talk to as well. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd really love to work um, with Cubal again. Um, he was in my the first, the first match we yeah. had at the first time of the show, of course, with Big D. Um, yeah, all of those guys are great, great guys. And, I, yeah, I'd love to work with them all again at some point. Cool, cool, cool. But you'll take whatever they throw at you, which is always yeah, cool. Yeah, so. <laughs> any and anything will take it. <laughs> you got those belts. you got a target you know, around your waist there. So whenever you got them. Well, you know, we're planning on keeping those belts for a, quite a long time, so... There you go. They're probably going to have to start bringing in some outside tag teams to try and get them off us. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Well, you're doing your bit to help them grow as well. So, you know, never a bad thing. So um, outside, kind of outside of the ring, but still attached to the ring, then you're, you're, you've mentioned it as well, um, that you are actually, uh, you have a training school of your own. So uh, tell us about that, how, when you got involved in it, sort of, um, yeah, how it came about and sort of what it's doing at the minute. So, um, yeah, I, as I mentioned before, I, I left my old training school, um, I think it was last year now. Um, many reasons I won't bother boring anyone with. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I got into, I was, obviously I was trying to think of where I could go next, you know, what schools were around. Um, just trying to make a plan but obviously because we were locked down no schools were open there was no one was doing anything Mm. so I was kind of stuck in limbo for a while Um, and when I was obviously you have uh, Dragon Pro you've got Welsh Wrestling you've got uh, Exposure they're all in Wales they all had schools but they're all closed at the time Mm. so I was like 
I'm a bit stuck, so I didn't know what to do. And then I found out that um, majority of them weren't going to reopen anytime soon. So I was kind of like, well, my choices are I either travel really far into England somewhere to go to a school mm. or just make my own. Nice. So I decided I had the resources at the time to do it. So I, uh, well, I was actually, I was scrolling through Facebook one day and I just noticed 16 foot wrestling ring for sale. Right. I was like, I'm going to take that as a sign. <laughs> so I messaged the guy and I bought it. Only if it was, it was in Glasgow. So I had to go oh. to Glasgow. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. So uh, it was from a, a promotion called Respect Pro Wrestling up in Glasgow. Okay. And um, uh, I, I could talk for about two hours on a whole other podcast about the trip to get that ring. It was <laughs> I was going to say, logistically, you know, they're, they're probably, there's a lot that, as much people think, you know, they're not made of plastic. They don't come in one no, bit no, or whatever. No. There's a lot that goes into constructing a ring. So. Yes. A lot of steel, lots of wood, lots of heavy lifting, mm. a lot of hassle. <laughs> Let's just say it was it was a bit of a mission, but we got it in the end. Um, mm. Yeah, and then I started looking for a uh, a venue or or a place. Uh, found a place in Kafili because I was originally I was looking I was aiming at Cardiff because I knew when lockdown eases off, there's going to be quite a large number of wrestlers around Cardiff, Newport, you know, South area yeah. that won't have anywhere to go, won't have anywhere to train because everywhere's still closed. Mm. Um, obviously because of all the speaking out stuff that happened as well. Yeah. There was all that involved with a few of the promotions that they couldn't come back. So I was like, I might as well try and capitalize on it. You yeah. Know? Apart from myself capitalizing, I can also give a place for everyone to go to so they can actually get the ring rust off you know have a bit of time in the ring so because shows have just started to come back as well and obviously obviously you don't want to be jumping 100 miles an hour straight into a show straight away without training or anything so so you're either going to hurt yourself or someone else and no one wants that so yeah i thought that was my idea i thought I'd, I'd, i'd set a facility it was purely at the time up until yesterday actually um, it was just purely for working wrestlers. It okay. wasn't going to be um, classic classes as you would know it for right. beginners. So it was a place for working wrestlers or advanced trainees to come, work off the rust, you know, get some training back in, yeah. get some open time before show start again. And yeah, it started. It's going really well. It's going very, very well okay. indeed. Cool. What was it called again? So I might, have, I might have missed that. If you uh, no mercy wrestling. No mercy wrestling. There we go. And and. If anyone out there is, is looking at this and, and kind of either or, you know, that there's someone who, who, who just wants to get a bit more training in that's in the area or someone who, who may want to start, where can they find or contact you about um, sort of coming to you? So we are on all social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that kind of all of that good stuff. Um, it's at No Mercy Wrestle. So that's wrestle, not ING. Um, someone had already taken it. Oh, so no. That- yeah, I know. So, so I thought No Mercy Wrestle is the next best, next best thing. Cool. Um, we've also got a website, uh, nomercywrestling.co.uk, or you can email us info at nomercywrestling.co.uk as well. So there's plenty of places to uh, get in touch. But as I said, as of yesterday, we just announced that we are taking on beginner students now. So, yeah, yeah so we've got um, classes starting up on a Sunday evening, 6.30 till 9.30 p.m. And... Um, yeah, we're going to be, not only is it going to be tailored for beginners, but it's also going to be good for any workers that just want to brush up on the fundamentals, you know, just yeah. get back into rolling and bumping and your basic stuff. So it's going to be good for everyone. On that. I'm really excited for it to start. Oh, no, all the best, mate. That's, that's, that's amazing. And um, on the, you know, the, like the total beginner front, is there, um, just kind of thinking off the top of my head, this is something that I was always interested in. Is there like a youngest that you would take, you know, like kids out if they wanted to start this or, 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 you know, is there something in place where you can only take, you know, from a certain age up? So there's a lot of schools that will do uh, kids classes. Um, me personally, I decided early on, um, apart from the fact that my insurance only covers 18 and plus, mm. um, but even if that wasn't the case, I would still only choose to take 18 plus. Sure. Um, a couple of reasons. One, for a morality reason, um, 
we all know what happened with speaking out. We all know the horror stories and the horror, horrible stuff that happened with the. Um, I personally believe that people aren't ready for the world of professional wrestling. Like once you're in it, you'll you'll know what I mean when I say yeah, that. Right. I don't think people are mature enough in the mind to be ready for what they will happen. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. You, need, you need to be of a certain mindset to, to, to be used to it. And I don't think 14, 15, 16 year olds should be thrown into that no, straight it's, away. It's one thing watching it every week on TV. Yeah. It's a, you Absolutely. know, it's not going to be what you see, is it? It's, of course. Yeah. And not only that, there's the physical aspect too, you know, like, obviously as everyone knows when you're 13 14 15 whatever your body is still growing your body's still developing and if you you know if you're training and you're throwing your body doing the things that we do on a regular basis you know it's 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 not going to be great <laughs> you know? no. like, as um some i can't remember the, the name of the scientist now but he was a, a physician who basically said every time that we bump it's like a mini car crash on our necks i heard that yeah it's like so so you imagine a 14-year-old whose body is still developing, it's still growing, going through that on sometimes two, three times a week. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know. It's going to be so damage. Exactly. So I personally have made the choice to only take uh, 18 plus. Well, responsible. No, that's, you know, I think there's no, no one out there who would uh, who would not understand that or, or praise that. So very yeah. cool. No. And is it a oh, long way off probably, but um sort of plans to kind of keep it as a, a, a training academy or, or sort of open it up one day as a promotion in its own right there has been uh talks of it i don't want to say too much right now because it's not set in stone mm. but um yeah there's definitely been talks of a show or two possibly happening um in the future cool. uh, whether or not that will be what kind of scale that will be on I don't know yet, but I've never been, I've, I, because I come from uh, film and TV, like that's what I used to do. Okay. I'm very big on uh, having a good production. So yeah. I wouldn't want to put on a production that is subpar or that I personally would think this isn't worth the money. Do you know what I mean? No, that's um, fine. So if, when, if and when shows happen for No Mercy, I want it to be the best they absolutely can be. And I don't want to rush that. No, so I don't want to put a show on that someone's going to pay, so I don't know, £10, whatever, yeah. and go in and say, actually, this isn't really worth £10. That no. would be the biggest you know, failure for me personally yeah. as, as the owner. So, yeah, as soon as I get to a point where I know my production is going to be up there and top standard, that's probably when, when I'll that's think cool. about putting it on. That's cool. Having a background like that, I mean, the way that the industry is going as well with like streaming services and YouTube and everything like that, it probably gives you a good grounding, doesn't it? To to you know pick, to be able to work with your vision for it, from you know yeah. from that aspect as well. So yeah, a good thing as well is obviously with all of my contacts in wrestling and outside of wrestling, even I've got a lot of contacts that can help me out with making it the best it can be. Mm. Um, obviously, within wrestling, I've got I know. In the last, say, year or so, I, I branched out and networked a lot. And I've met a lot of people, a lot of other promoters, a lot of uh, different wrestlers. So, mm. yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good things coming for No Mercy. Cool. Uh, I can't say too much more, though. No, that's cool. No, no, I fully appreciate that. No, all the best for that. It's, it's brilliant to, to know that it's, the even though I don't keep up with the, the industry as a whole like I used to, seeing it, especially in the UK, grow like it is and all these opportunities arise with people like yourself not only you know doing in-ring stuff yourself but you know growing it in the community and, and, and giving yeah. more outlets for people to get involved is is brilliant so cool 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 thank you uh, we'll, we'll start to wrap it up with a few fun quick fire questions but i do just want to say thank you so much for coming on this has been brilliant sort of again no no anytime you know it's it's, it's great to kind of I, I love to hear the the in ring side of it from from you guys, but also with yourself. You know, you've got that other side as well. It's really interested me. Um, you know, from I've always been in interested in how these things come about and what goes in the um, behind the scenes, as it were. Even though you know, at the 
at the initial like the training stage so that was brilliant to know you know that you're doing great stuff and all the best with it no worries but um so let's let's wrap it up similar questions that i pelted at the others really i just i'm really intrigued so your gut your gut feeling answer as best you can for each of these so um at the moment the biggest thing going on um i'm interested aew or wwe AEW. I used to be neither. Okay. Um, I used to be more NXT. Um, but I think even that's slipping now. But yeah. I'd say in the last two to three months, AEW have they've surpassed what yeah. anyone would ever think they could have done. Yeah. Um, and I really, really think uh, Vince is starting to shake in his boots a little right. bit now. Yeah. 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 I think some of the ideas he's been um coming out with the last few years that i've seen you know senility seems to be setting in maybe a little cruel but i think you know where where you had too many people running wcw which is where it went wrong i think in my opinion he he probably needs to be sort of given a little bit more of the control over now but that's that's down to him what's your opinion of what they've done with nxt by the way i'm not too hot on the the reasons why they've sort of rebranded it but yeah, what's I'm, your take on that? I'm not 100% sure what's happened, to be honest, because I no. kind of stopped. I went off watching NXT, mainly when I started No Mercy, I was like, I was just so busy. I kind of fell out with watching it. I used to, that was mainly the reason I had the network, was A, to watch NXT, and B, to watch old pay-per-views. I was never yeah. watching anything new. Um, and then I kind of, yeah, once they took Triple H off the creative team there, it was like, it's kind of just, become a smaller version of raw smackdown it's like yeah he he really it's he's, it's all it's it's a telltale sign isn't it when the guy who you could credit with creating what nxt was just to kind of move him off it and yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's kind of it's like nxt used to be it used to feel special like it used similar to old ecw it used to feel mm. like that little underground you know, thing that not many people knew about that it was special to you. Yeah. It's kind of like the little, the little promotion that you could fit in your back pocket, but now it's become too big for your back pocket. So yeah. it's kind of, it's yeah. pointless. You know? it's like, yeah. There's no different than the others. I, I, it'd be a shame to see that was kind of swallowed up now because it dwindles, especially, I mean, when AEW came out, they were competing with NXT, I think, when yeah. on the same night. And I, I, I can't see that there's much competition there sort of going forward no, with it really there we go um okay so talking like superstar level now so um hogan or flair mm. flair for the worth that's me speaking as a wrestler yeah as a fan hogan okay interesting yeah. diplomatic as a wrestler <laughs> Everyone, anyone that's that wrestles will know that Flair obviously is the better worker. You know, yeah. anyone can say that, yeah. but no one can deny what Hogan did for wrestling in the and You know, he he was he's basically he's one run below Vince McMahon about you know making wrestling what it what it is. So yeah, uh, as a fan, I I was a Hogan fanatic when I was a kid. Okay, I loved Hogan. so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he'll always have a special place in my heart. But then the more I've grown up, the more I've learned about the business, and then I've realised how, how much of an asshole he was as well. So. <laughs> I think the foundations were there with Flair. He yeah. he really did. I mean, he was responsible for where it was going. I think, unfortunately, the NWA just didn't have Vince McMahon's money or Hollywood yeah. vision. Um, yeah. That's that's really, yeah, I, I get that. I, I got a little tired when I was growing up of Hulk Hogan fairly quickly probably within a couple of years but again you can't deny wwf wouldn't have been what it was there wasn't anyone else who could have done that who could have taken them that far so yeah yeah fair dues um sting or the undertaker undertaker cool (laughs) (laughs) mainly because i i was never really a wcw watcher or fan when i was a kid i didn't this is going to sound crazy, but um, I didn't actually know WCW existed until 
like NWO came along. Okay, so, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I didn't because like when I was a kid, we didn't have Sky until like quite later on, so mm. I didn't even know about WCW. Like I was WWF through yeah. and through. I, I bled WWF. So yeah, um, and obviously Vince's the way Vince did it back then was never mention your competition. Yeah. So because yeah. they never mentioned them, I never knew they existed. So uh, I think it yeah, no boxing until later on. We were a little starved in the UK of WCW anyway, because I I was the same. We didn't get Sky until 95. I never started watching Nitro till it was on TNT um, yeah. over here. Probably around about then on 96, which was right before the NWO hit. Before that, you were lucky if it would be on Saturday afternoon TV, maybe worldwide or something like that, sporadically. Yeah. Um so yeah, no, you could be forgiven for that. I think because yeah. WCW probably wasn't really worth looking at before. And no. I, 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 I'm very sentimental over WCW, probably up to about ninety-one, ninety-two, from the late eighties. But sort of what they did then when they brought Hogan in, I think it was it was pretty dire until until they turned well, him. So. I remember when I was a kid, and I, um, they did that big. Announcement. They went. They basically gave him a carnival when he signed yes. the WCW. Yeah. I remember seeing that on the news, and I was thinking, "Who are these? What is this company that Hogan is now with? Like, why is?" I thought WWF was it. I thought yeah. that was. I didn't know about NWA. I didn't know about the territories at the time. I knew nothing except WWF. That was it. Yeah. And I was so confused. I was like, "What's <laughs> doing? Where's he going?" Um, but then talking about getting Sky TV, I remember when I first got it, flicking through, and I saw. I think it was like 11 p.m. on a Sunday night on Bravo, ECW, Hardcore TV. Yes, I remember and that. Yeah, That's how I discovered ECW, and I that changed my life. I was yeah. just like, I didn't know wrestling could be this. Like, I know. I've just gone from watching Doink the Clown fight a, a, a garbage man, and now I'm watching someone smash a chair over someone's head and like dive into fire. I was like, whoa, my mind yeah. It was the uh, attitude era before the attitude era. Let's be honest. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, like, and this it's where I discovered like a lot of my favorite bands from. Like, I hear wrestlers coming in to like Pantera and stuff. Yeah. Like, music's great before they were allowed to censor it and all that stuff. So, <laughs> a lot of my uh, a lot of my life is from ECW. Funnily enough. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Go on then. Let's throw another one in there. Your opinion then, Paul Heyman, ECW, or Paul Heyman now? An easy one, really. Yeah. Ooh, I, I would say now because he he's matured a lot and he obviously realizes that he can't get away with not paying people anymore. Yeah, um, what he used to do at ECW. <laughs> but again, no one can deny his absolute genius back in the heyday of ECW. Like he was, as you said, he was doing Attitude Era before Vince. Yeah, Vince kind yeah. of stole everything, you know. So, um, I, I did a, um, I did a, it was an audio episode a little while ago where I, I went through my, my top five talkers because for me, the almost a bigger part of my appeal uh, with wrestling when I was growing up is, is, is the guys, the commentators or the promos and that it was in what they were saying. Yeah. And I just realized Paul Heyman wasn't on my list and he probably was on the mic. He's probably is one of the best. Yeah. I mean, going back to when he was poorly dangerously in WCW. Yeah. Yeah, he's I, one of the best ever. he is. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Maybe you, I can't redo that. You one. just tell a story and just yeah, just has you transfixed. Even yeah. when like I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's like a clip of him on YouTube, his uh, Inside the Ropes talk, and he's telling the story about possibly there being a conspiracy about the streak being ended, and he was like t- talking about how yes, I did see if, that. If Brock Lesnar wanted to take the streak, he could just take the streak. Yeah. He was like, but you'll never know if he actually did or not. And it was like the way he does it, like, he's, he he should he, be a public speaker if yeah. he's ever He's so good. He is very good. Yeah, I'm kicking myself now. I can't believe it. I picked some really good ones in there, but completely forgot. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I got to re-record that one. Anyway. Um Final question. This one probably is a little, if you've seen the last few that I've done, you, you probably know which one I'm going to throw at you. Probably a little mean to, to put you on the spot, really, to fly. But um, your four wrestling, I wouldn't say wrestlers, I would say wrestling figures then, not action figures, you know what I mean, <laughs> that you would put on your Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Four, yeah. Four. 
Okay. Um, I would go Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oof. I don't want to leave any out, but I also do. They have to be wrestlers, or they can they? No, be I think I think just influential, you know, people. People, yeah. Okay. Hogan, Austin. I'd probably put Vince on there, you know. Mm, okay. Because, as we said earlier, like you can't really deny it, can you? No. Vince Rustin wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Vince. So, no. yeah, maybe Vince, and I'll go with Shawn Michaels. Hey, yeah, okay, cool, cool. That's a good one, fellow HBK fan. Are you? I don't know. Oh. You may. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted I, to I, be I, him. Around about '96, when he was doing the whole comeback thing, and then oh, WrestleMania yeah. 12, I I wanted to be him. I thought that was amazing. I I love the Rockers, so I was always a Sean fan. Mm. Always. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There's one question I forgot to throw in there: Austin or the Rock? I'm always intrigued with that one. Austin. I mean, okay. I was always the Austin fan. I mean, I like I did like the Rock, obviously, but mm. I don't know Austin. He was just more, like he he could be a bloke you'd meet down the pub. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas the Rock it would turn up in a stretch limo. Like you know, like so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, cool. Now, listen, Chris. Thank you so much for your time. Um, okay. You've you've given a shout out um, to to your wrestling school. Now, where can people find you on social media if they want to keep up to date with what you're doing? Um, you can get me on Facebook. I'm going to have to double check what my <laughs> Facebook is. One second. Sorry. Sorry. That's very unprofessional of me. No, it's fine. It's fine. I didn't, even, fine. I didn't think to even get it up before. <laughs> um, yeah, so on Facebook, I am Bevan, Bevan Bastard Son underscore PW. And then I think I'm also the same on Instagram, Bevan Bastard Son underscore PW. And then on Twitter, I am. Uh, at Bevan Bastard's son. Cool. That's the best places you can find me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just I haven't got a very common working wrestling name. So if you just search Bevan Bastard's son, you'll be, I'm pretty yeah. sure you'll find me. <laughs> this is where we find that's been taken as well. Yeah, sure it's, fine. <laughs> well, I kind of took the, the Bastard's son, I kind of took from uh, Phil Campbell, who's in Motorhead. He has a, a band with his sons called Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons. Okay. And, uh, I'm a big fan of that band. So I was like, I'll borrow that. And it works. So. Might have to check that out. Didn't know that. Yeah, cool. very good. Oh, cool. cool. Thank you again for coming on. This has been this has been a blast, mate. You know, um, all the best with everything, you know, in ring, out of ring that you're doing. Um, you know, keeping a close eye, like I say, to all the guys on the pro wrestling carnage. You know, I'm, I'm really enjoying what, what you guys are doing as a whole so i'm sure there'll be more of these to come be a spot for yeah. you again if you want to come back you know at some oh, point absolutely. and give yeah. us an update so cool great well, thank, thank you very much for having me i've enjoyed it no worries thank you mate take it easy cheers Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.